Welcome to the Southwestern Podcast. My name is Rodney Pryor, I'm your host, and today we will be diving into the world of investing with Mark Lenner of the Swasu Investment Club. What do you plan on discussing just generally uh, for topics? Great question. So the answer is I plan absolutely nothing. This is a student-driven group, so I don't drive it. I'm here to help, and I'm here to unlock the door, and I'm here to offer guidance, but I'm not here to drive this. So if they don't want to do something, I'm not making anybody do anything. So what we have been doing lately is starting to divide up the group among different industry sectors. So the the stock investing where there's technology stocks and healthcare and financial. And so people started dividing up into different groups that they were interested in where they're going to go and learn about those sectors. I helped show them some tools where they can learn about the sectors they picked and they're going to come back and talk about what they've learned. And right now, one of the goals of the group is going to kind of specialize in different areas, develop expertise in those areas. And then as a whole entire group, we'll be able to make some savvy investment decisions. The first meeting this year was primarily about the org fair. Yes. And the second meeting, we were talking about the groups. This is, I think, the third meeting or fourth meeting. And today we're going to talk about the competitions we might go to and apparently some paperwork we have to get done for the SGA group and a budget that we have to submit for next week. So there's some administrative stuff the group does. But I'd say primarily the focus of our meetings is how do you learn about investing? How does it work? What does it mean? Sometimes it feels a little bit like a finance class, but it's not driven by me. It's driven by them. And it doesn't cost money. doesn't cost money. In <laughs> fact, if anything, it makes you money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's certainly the one club that pays for itself. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you have any events that I believe you said like a contest? I think they are. Last week we talked about it. So last year we went to a portfolio investment competition in Tulsa. The team did really, really well, especially for our first time. I think the team this year wants to go compete again. One of the things they did over the last week was voted on who was interested and who was not. So if we have enough for a team, we'll send a team. If we have enough for two, we'll send two. So I'm going to find out tonight if we're going to that competition. And if they are, I'll be happy to help them. And if we're not, we'll see if there's something else we want to do. But I suspect there's easily enough for one, maybe two teams to go to this. And it's an interesting challenge where you have to allocate funds as if you were managing funds for a uh, charitable foundation trying to pay scholarships, which is kind of what we want to do. So it's right in our wheelhouse. And they're pretty excited about it. Regarding raising funds, do you do any? fundraisers, any events? Not yet. We are very cautious about playing by the rules in terms of finance and funding. So Swasso's institution is relatively conservative with their finance and accounting rules, which is great. That means our box that we can play in is a little smaller, but we want to make sure we're inside the box. Mm. So consequently, we're looking at how we can do things. For example, at the org fair, we had some great ideas that we couldn't technically do for various rules, but we're going to see if we can come up with some other stuff. How can people stay up to date on what's good to invest in, what's bad to invest in? Should they have a knowledge of when to invest, how to invest, how much to invest, and where to invest? Right. That is a great but incredibly complex question. Yes. (laughs) And I'll give you the honest answer I tell everybody. 
it is very difficult to do correctly. A lot of people are afraid to do it at all because of that. But it's better to invest poorly than to not invest at all. If you don't maximize your returns, but you're getting something, that's better than getting nothing and losing your money. I recommend most people try to find a financial advisor they trust and work with that person. And if you don't listen to your financial advisor, and if they tell you you need to do something with your money and you don't want to do it, you got the wrong financial advisor. So you need to find someone who you really trust and believe has your best interest at heart. For the people in this group, they want to be a little more actively involved than just handing those decisions off to a financial advisor. Those are the things we do focus on here is how you can do that kind of research and the tools that we have here on campus to help you learn that. It's not so much that there's a specific thing to invest in or avoid. It's more that there are approaches to evaluating those kinds of decisions. So we yes. talk about the techniques for evaluating things and the techniques and tools and advice to make those decisions rather than so much like A is good and B is bad. It's like, how do you figure out if A is good and B is bad? We're focusing more on learning how to fish rather than giving you a fish. Everybody wants there to be an easy answer, but it's complicated. But the biggest thing people can do is actually saving and investing money yeah. versus not doing that. What are the risks that come with investing? Absolutely. No, that's a great question. And it's one I wish more people would ask. People have frequently heard the saying, if you want to make money, you got to take risks, right? Mm -hmm. More risk equals more return. But there's another side of that equation. More risk means more return or more losses. Yes. And people need to be aware that when you take risk, you're taking risk. Like you are. That doesn't mean it always works out. So one of the things we teach here in our school and in our business department is about managing and lowering that risk through diversification. If you put all your money in Pepsi and they do terrible, you're in trouble. But if you have some money in Pepsi and some money in Coke, if one does bad, the other one probably does better and vice versa. So you're kind of a little more balanced out. So now it's a very simplified version of what we talk about here. We look at it in more analytical ways. The risk of investing is big. You can lose every penny you put into it. If you are a cautious and wise investor, that's very unlikely, but it is possible. We focus on trying to minimize that risk as much as possible so that it is technically possible, but practically almost impossible that it would actually happen. In fact, minimizing losses is a great strategy. So you may not get the most return, but when the market goes down, you don't lose as much and that can be okay. Beyond just putting money in, put money in Pepsi, put money in Coke, one does good, one does bad, so it's balanced. Do you have any tips on diversifying your investment portfolio? With a major caveat that you should not listen to me and you should talk to your financial advisor first. Yes. What I would say is... <laughs> If you're an early investor, there's a couple things you can do. When you're starting out, you don't have the money to spread it around in lots of stocks. It's just not possible. But there are things called exchange-traded funds or ETFs. And it's a way of buying a broad portfolio of lots of stocks. You, you buy into one thing and you get the performance of a lot of stocks. So what I often recommend to people is if that sounds like something that you're interested in, you can look at very inexpensive ETFs that have low management fees that track some popular index. For example, if you listen to any of our business news channels, they'll talk about the S&P 500, 
stands for the Standard & Poor's 500. And that's a list of 500 large companies that trade here in the US. You can buy an ETF based on that, where you buy one share in the ETF, you've basically bought all 500 of those companies. So you get the performance of the S&P 500 without having to buy 500 different stocks. So that's a great way to start. You basically get the performance of the S&P 500. And some days it does great, some days it doesn't, hence the risk. But that's a pretty good low risk way to get started. How would you recommend that people with a higher income versus a lower income go about investing and choosing a good type right. of investment? I would say the first thing is understanding your personal tolerance for risk. Some people are very risk averse. Some people are, want to bring it on. Yeah. And you need to know first <laughs> which one you are. And one is not right and one is not wrong. If you're a risk averse person, you don't want to be investing in cryptocurrencies and things like that because it's just going to fluctuate and you're not going to be able to sleep at night. It's going to be hard. Now, if you're a risk taker, you might be willing to put more into that, but you still need to be diversified. Um, if you're actively thinking about really saving, having a financial advisor or somebody you trust is a great idea. I, I really recommend that. It, it really can help give you peace of mind. Ideally, you want to have some investments where you don't even look at them every week, much less every day, because you're confident that you're on the right path and you just let time do its work for you. The biggest thing people can do to affect their future financially is to start saving for retirement when you start your first job. And what I tell all my students in my classes is when you start your professional career, before you get your very first paycheck, talk to your HR department, make sure some of your paycheck goes into a retirement account. I don't care how much it is, but something. Yeah. And the reason you do that before your first paycheck is when you get your first paycheck, you'll see the bottom line number and that's what you'll spend. But what's gone then is there's a line, a couple lines above that where some money you've actually paid yourself into your retirement. And if you can do that starting with your first paycheck, that compounds and builds and builds and builds. And the math is pretty simple to you can pretty easily become a millionaire if you can start that day one when you're young coming out of college like this. Mm -hmm. But if you wait till you're old like me, it's impossible to get there. Yeah. So the key is just starting young. And that's why I say investing versus not investing is like the biggest step function. Maybe you don't get the perfect investment, that's okay. If you're investing for the long haul, even if you don't get it right every time, you're probably going to do fine. But just, yeah. I want to get back to your specific question. An investment can be anything. Stocks, bonds, cryptocurrency, uh, ETFs can be combinations of those. But you can invest in art or collectible cars or sports cards or anything where you're trying to get more money out of it than you put into it is an investment. You can invest in your friend's business. You can invest in yourself. There's all kinds of things you can invest in. They're not limited to the things Robinhood app will let you buy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Are there ways to maybe not guarantee, but increase chances of, say, being able to make money in the long term from investments? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different things you can invest in. So typically when people are younger, they're looking for growth. As people get closer to retirement age, typically they get more risk averse. And also when you reach retirement, you want to generate spending income. So what a lot of people do as they reach closer to retirement is move more of their money from growth stocks into bonds and dividend paying stocks. And what that means is those investments, you actually get checks in the mail 
while your money's invested. And that becomes the spending money, like it replaces your salary when you retire. So it actually generates actual cash without having to sell stuff. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> no, it's really, it's, really, it's really interesting. Now, some people think that it doesn't matter whether you get paid these dividends. Like if you don't get paid them, you, the stock goes up more. But, but some people like to know that like my nest egg doesn't get smaller. I just get checks from it that I can spend. And you can see how there'd be a lot of peace of mind in that. And that's a lot of what investing does is create that peace of mind for you. So, you know, you're safe and you're secure and you don't have to worry about the future. And that's why it's really important to start early. So I really try to emphasize for students here at Swasu, like it will change your life with your first paycheck. If you can just do that and keep it going. Doesn't even matter how much it is. The more, the better. Yeah. But something. I usually tell people when you get a raise, make that amount go up a little bit. Doesn't have to go up the amount of your raise. Yeah. So you get more money. But every time you get a raise, make it go up a little bit. And you do that, your future's set. I would like to know if there's anything you have to say regarding investing that I haven't already like, right. asked you about and you haven't already explained. Uh, I would say the biggest thing is save for retirement. Or I mean, this is the mess. I hammer this message <laughs> so hard in my classes. I really do. Because I joke with my wife that... I try my hardest here to be a good teacher, but that's a lesson that if I can get that to stick with some people, it'll change your lives. So I really try to make that important. Like it really can change your life and give you financial security that's in your complete control. And it sounds like a get rich quick scheme when I tell you I can make you a millionaire, but it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's math and it takes time and diligence, but that's why you've got to get started early. And if you do, it just works. It's just time and math. And those things are pretty reliable. Get rich slowly. It's get it's get rich slowly, yeah. but reliably. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's what's powerful about it. When I show people the math on how it works, their eyes like light up and, and like, I get it. And as long as they do it, it will change their lives. So I really hope they do because it, it's meaningful and real. The last thing I would say about it is if you work for an employer that has a 401k plan, which is a very common type of retirement plan like an IRA. Mm. Some employers match contributions. If your employer matches your contribution, make whatever that is no matter what, or you're leaving free money on the table. Make the match no matter what. That's the biggest thing you can do. Do you have any announcements? Anything you'd like the students to know? regarding the investment club? I would say the biggest thing is you don't need to know about investing to join. We have finance seniors who know a lot and we have juniors and sophomores and freshmen who are not from the business department at all. So if you're interested in learning about it, no better way to learn than trial by fire and digging into it. So come on by. Uh, we're here every Thursday night at seven o'clock. Thanks for listening to the Southwestern Podcast. I have been your host, Rodney Pryor, and a special thank goes out to Mark Lenner of the Swasu Investment Club for talking with us today.